Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used or just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hi, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. Uh, my guest today is Fabienne Beckers. Uh, the CEO and co-founder of Arteries, A-R-T-E-R-Y-S. Fabian, how are you doing? I'm very well. Nice to talk to you. Yeah, thank you for coming. I appreciate it. Um, can you tell listeners uh, what, what kind of work you do at Arteries? What, uh, what's the company about? Yes. Uh, so we are uh, really trying to bring artificial intelligence to medical imaging and via the cloud. So the idea is to bring and help physicians and especially radiologists today to be augmented and to be helped in their daily work uh, by leveraging the power of the computation in the cloud as well as AI um, and to be a bit of a departure from um, the current state of affair, which is all done at a local level, at a hospital level. And the, the, the issues with that is that they are very much a constrained environment, so the resources and capabilities to be helped. Um, by going to the cloud and having AI to augment them, they have unlimited amount of computation accessible for the daily work, so therefore they have better productivity. They don't have to go and do a lot of manual work that is fully automated. Um, they have a better way to have more um, accuracy as well, efficacy of work. And from the hospital standpoint, of course, the value is that you basically are, are enabling the, the right treatment to be given to the patient at the right time uh, to avoid malpractice. And for the patient perspective, it's fantastic because you're eliminating the, the risk um, of having a misdiagnosis or uh, missing something, and, and basically have a doubt-free diagnosis at the end of the day, which is extremely important uh, for them. So that's that's uh, we're really trying to create enable data-driven medicine. So what what kind of conditions would this lend itself to first? Yeah. So at the moment, I think we we started with probably the hardest problem in medical imaging, which is uh, logically the heart. It's moving, and it has a lot of very uh, convoluted structure. And so try to be able to have a system that can automatically analyze it uh, with high level of accuracy as well as a, an expert physician um, is extremely important and extremely hard to do. And so usually when you have a heart attack or when you have a, a heart condition of some kind, the doctor will try to assess some key metrics of your heart. And those work takes sometimes half an hour to an hour of work by the physician of drawing contours to try to really measure things. Um, and that's really uh, boring and, and, and time-consuming. And we think that deep learning and AI can automate that well. So the physician can just validate instead of doing the work uh, and have an accurate report and compare the patient evolution over time with, with, um, with confidence, which is extremely important. What would the, uh, the machine learning do? Would it be able to watch continuously, let's say, for an hour or half hour, a monitor, and therefore gather more data and be able to help help a physician figure out what's going on with someone's heart? Yes, it's, it's a slightly different workflow, but you're on the right track. So the way it works, we get, we're training an algorithm with thousands of, of, of cases uh, which have the right answer, the right contour, uh, which know what the grand truths are, and we're 100% sure of that. Therefore, we're training well the algorithm, and then we're deploying it to the cloud. Of course, we take care of data privacy and the regulatory aspects, like the FDA and the C mark in Europe. Um, so it's all very safe and, and, and well done. 
Um, and then the position just open a browser, uh, the page can deal and interact with the page in four dimension inside the browser. All the measurements are kind of prepared for the physician before you open the case. We can just look at them, validate, make any change, override at all time. He or she wants to make his report in a much faster time frame and move on to the next case. Well, um, I, I would think you'd train your algorithm on, you know, X number of million or billions of data points. But an interesting thing just occurred to me. Um, if you hook someone up to a monitor, you know, a heart monitor, and, you know, each heartbeat could be a data point, the pace of the heartbeat, the variability, et cetera. It seems like a human would generate a tremendous amount of data, you know, for an algorithm. And I wonder how, how long have you seen it takes to, quote unquote, train your algorithm on a particular person so that it could, it could uh, accurately diagnose what's going on with them? Because, yeah, I would guess, again, people put out a lot of data, especially the heart, you know, over an hour, let's say. Yeah, that's a great question. So we don't train per person uh, because we're trying to basically uh, help augment physician and radiologist. So we train on very large cohort of patients who really account for the variability and the, and the, 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 the continuum of type of cases we have. Um, and then depending on what you're looking for, uh, AI in a SDA type environment, well, it's very specific. So in, in the term of in cardiac, for example, we're looking at trying to basically quantify the cardiac and the heart ventricle. Uh, in cancer, we're trying to find a tumor and see the volume of the tumor and how it evolves over time. Um, in brain, in neuro, you're trying to really understand if there's a hemorrhage or a stroke, what is the size of it, and is it all present? So every time we're looking at a very specific problem. But the point you're making that is really good, and it's something we're doing, through the cloud, every single physician, uh, the way they will interact with the software will allow us to keep learning and improving over time so every physician benefits from the input of thousands of other physicians. And that is a very new concept. Uh, of course, we don't self-learn. There's still a lot of processes in place and verification and validation between. But it's a, it's a new way of thinking about it. Today, you have billions of data and that are sitting in computers, uh, sitting there taking dust, right. and a lot of inputs that are wasted. And now we can put all those data together to create value for physician and for patient. So are you able to take data on a given condition, let's say, um, you know, heart conditions, and they do the, e the EKG, are you able to take that data and anonymize it and have it be HIPAA compliant and use data from, let's say, thousands and millions of patients and put that all into your algorithms to increase mm -hmm. the learning? Yeah, we can. That's exactly what we've built. So we haven't built for EKG. We're working for uh, MRI at the moment and, and CT data and kind of, uh, of more like a planar type of precision, but we can work on EKG as well. And here wow. uh, we, are, we have definitely worked a lot on securing the um, data privacy aspect and HIPAA compliance. So we have a software that resides at a hospital level, actually, that takes care of data privacy. All the, the private data are remaining into the hospital. We only send the identified data to the, into the cloud. But in the browser, when the physician with the right credential will log in, uh, he or she will see the patient name, interact the data, but we as a company never, never have access to those um, private data and patient data, which is very important to enable healthcare to benefit from the power of the cloud. Do patients have to opt in to share this data, or how is it is it is it happening right now? And for what uh, you know, for MRIs, you mentioned. 
So, so basically, there's a lot of software in, 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 um, in use in hospitals today to help radiologists for like 40 years. This is another software, it's the same. So um, uh, patients don't have to opt in opt out because their hospital is taking care of uh, protecting the data and checking that everything is safe and secure. Um, but the physician has to opt in and, and decide, yes, I want to have an uh, uh, analyzing that case or not. And we help, we're here again to help and augment and support physicians. That's our number one uh, goal. So um, how far along is the MRI project or any project? You know, how many yeah. um, data points do you have? And, um, you know, are physicians yet using this? And what's their feedback? You know, where are you at with your projects? That's a great question. So today, I think Office is the first and only company that has a cloud-type e-learning application that has received an FDA clearance. Uh, we received it in January. We've started selling uh, with GE in March in U.S. and in Europe. Uh, I think last year and this year combined on the product application, we've done several thousand cases of patients that we have helped and improved the life of to offer it. The feedback that we have from physicians that used to be complaining all the time that they have to drive the drill of contours in a software, like, like even though they've done 12 years of training at Harvard, Stanford, or Hopkins, they still have to do that all day long. We're really complaining, and now they're absolutely amazed at how good DeepLearn can help them to, um, to don't do that, don't waste that time, and spend more time uh, on helping the patient. Is the system giving advice to the doctor? Like, what, how is the doctor being helped? Can you be a little bit more specific, you know, for people that don't sure, understand? Sure, for sure. I'm happy to do it. I'm sorry it might be a bit clinical and technical, so if it's too much, do let me know. Um, but the, the, okay. the way it works in the heart, you have two main ventricles, two main chambers, the left and the right one. And so if you, the same way that you do in a blood test, you have some metrics on your cholesterol test, on your sugar level, the, the physician are expecting certain volume to be, um, to be for a patient of a certain size, a certain weight. And so, therefore, they are trying to quantify the volume of those two chambers to assess how good the heart of the patient and how much muscle there is for pumping the, the blood out. And so, to do that, the doctors are drawing contours uh, to try to extract a, a kind of a mesh uh, surface of those two chambers. And that's a very tedious manual work that they have to do that is really boring and unnecessarily done for the sake of patient. It just has to be done extremely accurately. And that's why we think machine and AI can help. So the, 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 in an arterist, the case is uploaded. Uh, the deep learning will play and do those quantifications for the physician and do those chambers uh, segmentation, it's called, uh, for the physician and calculate the, 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 the capability of the heart to pump blood. And then the physician will look at those results, look at those contours, make any changes um, that he or she sees fit uh, to make sure the results are accurate, and then build the reports. Thanks to AI, I think the time that used to be spent on this was half an hour or more, and now it can be done in, in a few minutes. Sure. I hope that was size enough and happy to answer, of course, more questions. Yeah, no, that makes sense. What other applications do you think are going to be very helpful to doctors that you're working on right now that maybe are not as far along. Yeah, no. So we're so the the, the, the like today the, the status of affair of, of radiologists is pretty. I mean, those, those radiologists are really working in tough conditions because they really have some technology, some really tools that are very fragmented. So if you go to a medical imaging reading rooms, for example, you'll see 
dozen and dozen of, of, of computers and each of them has one or two software on there and they have to switch between all of them, which is very not practical for their standpoint. Um, I don't think it's good for anyone. And so in here, the, the view and the vision that we have is that within single web browser uh, interface of Asterisk, the resources can log in and everything that they do that is in time, is time sensitive or time consuming or complicated, we can help them uh, using AI. And so another big area of work is around cancer and oncology um, to better be able to find tumors early. And sometimes they don't look at one thing and they look at the bone and they maybe don't see behind it because they were not told to do so and because they have too many cases to read. And because after doing 50, 60 a day, as an old human, it can be uh, numbing um, and it's been hard for their concentration, their uh, increasing workload. Um, so here we can help to flag and say, hey, watch out on the top left corner. We can, can have find something. And we think AI can do that really much better than ever been before. Uh, also seeing how the tumor is growing automatically and quantifying that. That's an important one. But there's many, many other uh, needs around medical imaging and clinical diagnosis that we think AI can help a romantic physician to facilitate their work um, and doing that with trust and, and quality. Do, um... Any doctors fear that this will make them irrelevant or uh, radiologists or, you know, x-ray yeah, techs? We heard that question, uh, of course. It's a, it's a typical one, and there's been a lot of, I think, confusion around the market because some companies, and definitely not us, have claimed that was the case, uh, that was the intent. This is absolutely not the case here. The same way I don't think Google Maps today replaced a, a, a driver, uh, but it helps you with the maps. I think having software doing that is a good thing. And the same way, I think the fact that doctors are drawing contours or doing things manually we have in, in their software today is not a good thing. I think we can help them so they can, can be done well. They can spend more time on looking at the exhaustive and comprehensive picture of the patient and what would be the best treatment for them. And, and I think the, especially the newer generation that understand what deep learning can do and AI are embracing it. They say, look, I don't want to draw those contours. If you can help me and recommend me so I can spend more time on my clinical diagnosis and, and take care of more patients, all the better. And so that's really the, the focus. We have at no time and no point in intent to, um, I think the role of radiologists will change and you'll spend more time validating and more clinical work and more taking care of patients rather than doing those technical, uh, manual, tedious tasks. But I think that's overall good for everyone. Yeah, it makes sense. Doctors will be more productive. They won't be as burned out doing certain things. And you know, it's working with AI instead of the AI replacing you. Sounds like that. Yeah. And, and another example of it, for example, because we have so much compute in our, in our backend, for example, we can now also enable new type of, of visualization of images that create a very large file size that couldn't be uh, reaching market before. And uh, like, for example, 4D flow is an example of that. So it's technology that enables the physician to see inside the heart, for example, and see blood flow, uh, which is very important if you have a valve problem, or if you have a, a baby with a, with a heart defect, and before you couldn't see it. And so you are really, the physician was struggling uh, with the technique that they have because they were inferring and trying to make some, some guesswork because they didn't have the right accurate data. So now that you have a computing cloud system, we can uh, bring to the physician a lot of computers that can help them see in browser those very large file size at real speed. And so therefore, it's extremely seamless on the physician, and they have new dimensions. So we've done a lot of patients that have 
heart defects or that have valve, valve issues mm. um, that we help diagnose because now the physician have the right information at the right time. That's just a starting point. And I think there will be many, many more of those new type of acquisitions that will be enabled through cloud computation uh, system. What would you consider to be an extremely ambitious process or project that you're working on that, you know, that, again, extremely ambitious, but you think it'll be amazing once you get it done? Yeah, that's a great question. We do think that overall, the fact of having cloud computation access, we've been able to really uh, bring to healthcare a, a big data approach to clinical diagnosis. So um, the, the overall goal we would like to target at one point is to make sure that when a physician looking at a case, he or she can have access to millions of similar cases in real time. And those cases can be informed by images or a combination of images plus genomics or plus lab tests or to a previous uh, patient uh, history and really have the data on what has been the most efficacious and efficient treatment for that type of patient, what has been the complication issues that they face. To bring that data back to the physician, I think would be incredible for healthcare and really bring a big data picture to the patient uh, and to the, especially for the physician. And uh, I, I don't think today you could access on your own, for example, the data that Google Maps are bringing to you, for example, when you're looking at a map, uh, but it's very helpful to have it for your, for your decision. It's the same for the physician. He's never going to be able to access to all those cases when he's taking care of a patient. But really, it should be the case. And I think that will also transform healthcare overall to, to make it data-driven. So that's something that we really are really uh, looking forward to try to enable. That's great. Okay. Well, very good. Um, last question. What's your roadmap for the company right now? What are you going to be coming out with and when? Uh, yes, we're working on several uh, oncology applications. I can't tell what they are yet because they're not being regulated and, and that will be public. But we're definitely working towards trying to get to the physician a, a one-stop place when within a web application they can have all the key applications being automated and augmented using AI to help them on the daily work that they're doing. So that's really the target that we're working towards. Well, very good. All right. So how can um, listeners find out more about arteries and engage with you on you know on any level they choose? Of course. Uh, it's, it's, it's very simple. You can go uh, on the arteries.com, A-R-T-E-R-Y-S.com. Um, and we're based in San Francisco, and uh, we're happy to... Uh, engage um, with them uh, on if they are a physician and want to work on some questions at hospitals and they are interested in leveraging AI for their uh, work. Um, and today we have a lot of health systems that are reaching out to that really see the transition to cloud AI. And we see more and more of those coming now and see the value of it. So if that's of interest, it can reach out to us. And uh, yeah, I think it's a very exciting time for healthcare and for, for patients across the world. Well, very good. Well, Fabian, thank you so much for coming, and I appreciate it. It's uh, great work you're Thanks. doing, and I don't look forward to going to the doctor, but in the future, when I do, you know, hopefully that uh, my doctor will have this system behind him or her, you know. <laughs> for me too, actually. But uh, thank you. I think we're, it's a big. The team is, is working very hard because they're all very passionate um, to bring that sort of sense of purpose uh, to the world, and we're all very excited to working on that. It's very grateful to be able to have this impact, and so working very hard to make it happen. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse. 
such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.